Hello and welcome to the Activate Preaching Podcast. My name is Jill Pelkey, and I am excited to be with you this morning. If you want to hear more from the Activate Podcast, you can check it out on YouTube, on iTunes, or on SoundCloud.com. All right, we're going to pray and then get right into the Word of God together. God, I thank you for who you are in our lives. I thank you that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I thank you that you sit on a throne and you reign over every nation, every tribe, every language, every people group, every situation, every hardship, every joy, everything. God, you reign over everything. And so, God, we look to you today and we want to sing with the chorus of people around the world. We want to sing with this grateful chorus and say thank you. Thank you for all that you've done. Thank Thank you for who you are. Thank you for reigning over our lives and over this world. And God, we give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, today we are going to take a look at a verse in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And we're going to uh, take a look at it and see what the Lord would say to us. Is there any other king besides God? Is there somebody else coming that we don't know about? Is there uh, another God or is there one true God? I think we would all answer as followers of Jesus that there is one triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. We're not expecting anyone else to come. We believe that there is one God. We believe that he is reigning and ruling over the entire universe. There is one God, and this God is holy and righteous and just. This God has attributes about him that never change. And so for every generation, every uh, people group, he's the same. And this God who has reigned for all eternity, for all time, this God is holy This God is righteous. And then we turn and we look at ourselves. Are we holy like God? Are we righteous like God? We could all together say, surely we are not. There is one God. There won't be any other gods, any other surprise gods. There is one God who never changes, and he is holy, and we are not. How do we, as unholy people, unrighteous, unjust people come before a holy God who is eternal and reigning over the entire universe. We know as Christians, we know the answer as Christ's followers. We know the go-between between us and this God, and that's Jesus. We know that Jesus was the one who brought us from a life of sin into a life of righteousness. We know that we are hidden behind Jesus. So when the holy God of the universe looks down and he sees me, first he sees Jesus and his sacrifice. He sees purity and holiness and righteousness, and I have access to go to this God of the universe because of Jesus. Everything that I have in my relationship with the God of the universe is because Jesus gave his life as a sacrifice, bridging a gap between me and a holy God. That's why I call myself a Christian, a Christ follower. I want to be found behind Jesus, hidden in Jesus. I want to shape my life and follow follow everything that Jesus taught to become more and more like him in his compassion and his grace, and his mercy, and his kindness. And I will shape my whole life to be like Jesus. 
There is one God. And I am fostering a relationship with that God because Jesus has made a way. He has allowed access to God the Father. And how do we do this? How do we follow Jesus? How are we able to become more like him? It's through the power and the anointing and the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And they're all part of this triune God. They are all one God, but different functions in our lives as as human beings. And the Holy Spirit is this part of God that guides us, that comforts us, that directs us, that speaks right to us. So by the power of the Holy Spirit, I follow Jesus's example. And then because of Jesus's sacrifice, I have access to God of the universe, God the Father. This week, the Lord drew me to Joshua chapter 8. And in Joshua chapter 8, they're about to go into battle against an enemy that they fought before and lost. And they fought before and lost because there was sin amongst the people of God. There was sin in their camp, and so they, they lost the battle. And now they found the sin out. They've gotten rid of the sin in their camp, the sin among their people, and they're going out to fight this same enemy again. And the Lord commands Joshua, and he says all these things to Joshua, and then he says these words. He says, you have your marching orders, now go. You have your marching orders, now go. And like a holy highlighter in my Bible, all I could see was those words, you have your marching orders, now go. And the account goes on for Joshua and his army, and they're uh, fabulously victorious in this battle against AI, and they, they, all that the Lord says comes to pass. But those words, you have your marching orders, now go. And there are marching orders that God gives to each of us specifically because he designed us each specifically. And as we follow him and we become more like Jesus, he says, here, I want you to go and I want you to be holy like I'm holy. I want you to be compassionate. And while you're being holy and compassionate, there are people's, other people's lives that you're going to affect. And so as those words stuck out to me, you have your marching orders. I thought, what are the marching orders that we all have together? And automatically, most all of us who have been Christians for a while, our brains go right to Matthew, to the words that Jesus said before he entered into heaven. He said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing him in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Those are universal marching orders. We know them by heart. They're preached about and taught and hung on walls and put all kinds of places that we do missions work, right? This is in Matthew 28, verse 18. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this. I am with you always, even to the end of the age. There's so much in there. There's so much in there. We have marching orders We have authority given to us by Jesus who will be with us every moment, even to the end of this earth. He will be with us to the end of the age of earth. He will be with us. We have a great commission, a great marching order that God of the universe has given to every believer to go and make followers of Jesus. 
So today we're going to concentrate, with that intro, we're going to concentrate in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, we're going to start in verse 11. Because we understand our fearful responsibility to the Lord, we work hard to persuade others. We work hard to persuade others. God knows we are sincere, and I hope that you know this too. Are we commending ourselves to you again? No, we are giving you a reason to be proud of us. So you can answer to those who brag about having a spectacular ministry rather than having a sincere heart. If we seem crazy, it is to bring glory to God. And if we seem like we're in our right minds, it's for your benefit. Either way, Christ's love controls us or compels us. Since we believe that Christ died for all, we also believe that we have all died to our old life. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life will no longer live for themselves. Instead, they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view. However, differently, we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone and a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. And God has given us the task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. These are our marching orders to work hard to persuade others of the love of God through Jesus. We are Christ's ambassadors, his hands and feet. God is making his appeal to humanity through us, through you, through me. When people talk about ministry and the ministry that they have to do this and the ministry they have to do that. It is all the same marching orders. It's a ministry of reconciliation. It's a ministry of bringing people who are separated to God back to God. It is a ministry to make disciples. You have a ministry to bring separated people together with God. You have a ministry. You have a ministry of reconciliation. You are Christ's ambassador. You are his mouthpiece. And here's the greatest part. Jesus used fishermen. He used unlearned men, unlearned women. He used the least to bring in all people to himself. He didn't even come to wise kings to plead his case. He was born in a manger with shepherds. He used shepherds to proclaim his arrival. He used women who had been married five times to go and to tell their whole village about who he was. He didn't pick the best of the best. He didn't announce himself in a way that we would think to announce him. 
You see, Jesus, when he looks at people, he values things in people that the rest of the people don't value. He sees things in people that with our own human understanding, we can't see. And Jesus and God and the Holy Spirit, the triune God, the God who is everlasting in all of his wisdom, in all of his understanding, he chose us, the simple people of the world, to be his mouthpiece, to be his ambassadors, to say, stop being separated from God, but come back. And here's the way, here's the bridge. It's through the love and mercy and grace and covering of your sins by Jesus Christ alone. And you can have a reconciliation with God the Father. We have our marching orders. Go into all the world and make disciples. Your world is your job place. Your world is your family. Your world is your children. Your world is your spouse. Your world is your marketplace. Your world may be your church. Your world could be any, anyone you come in contact with. You have a ministry to the people in your life. You have a ministry given to you by God. And if your ministry is given to you by God, then no one can take it away from you. No one could say it's not real or it doesn't fit. This is the ministry that fits every single time. And it's the ministry of reconciliation, of bringing people who are separated to, from God back into the love and the right relationship with God. Here's what God did through Jesus. He stopped counting people's sins against them. And in this verse, we heard how God looks at people in a different way than we look at them. We don't pick and choose who should be reconciled to God. There's no waiting list. There's no application process. There's no he's better than she or she is better than he. God looks at all the world and he says, I desire that all the world would know me. He came for the sick, not for the healthy. He came for the least and not for the best. And so it is our job to go into all of our worlds, all the people you know. I don't know your people. You don't know my people. I have been given a ministry to the people that I'm surrounded with. I've been given a ministry to the sons that I have. I've been given a ministry to the husband that I have. I've been given a ministry to the people in my church, to the people in my town. That's my ministry, and you have your ministry. Your ministry is to reconcile people to God. And it's Christ's love that compels us. This version said it controls us because we are convinced. We know that 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 there is one God. There's not another God coming. There is one God eternal. And his love was so great that he sent his son. And Jesus' love for us is so great. And it fills us up. His love can't be contained. And we have to share it with other people so that they too can be reconciled, brought back together to God. We know the verse in the Bible says, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. What we just read here in 2 Corinthians 5, it says that work hard. Work hard to persuade others. Work hard 
at this mission, at these marching orders. God said it, and we know if God said to do it, he'll be with us even to the end of the age. We see example after example in the Bible, in the lives of people around us, that when God says it, he'll follow through. He is not a liar. He will never leave us or forsake us. He is with us. And he says, go, you, you, go into all of your world and preach the gospel. Make disciples, the gospel, the good news of the fact that you can be reconciled to a loving God. Work hard to persuade people. And in the word persuade, nobody comes to God unless he draws them himself. And so we are obedient and we listen carefully with wisdom to the Holy Spirit speaking in us on what to say and what not to say. Are we perfect? Oh, no. Oh, no, we're not perfect, but God chose us. And he said, speak on my behalf. Go on my behalf. And the Holy Spirit in his time will draw people to himself. And in the Bible, there's a parable of a farmer and one person plants, another person puts water, and another person harvests. And as you go in your marching orders, you don't know what part of the process you are. You may be the one who's first talking to somebody about Jesus. But then comes along another believer, another brother and sister in Christ, and they come and they water that seed by again persuading and working hard for the kingdom of God and talking to that same person a second time. And then comes along the third person, and they may be the one to finally lead them into a right relationship with Jesus. Each one is vital. Whether everyone you talk to falls flat on their face and begins to confess Jesus' love over their life and comes into church and gets actively involved, or if nobody ever responds, you still have your marching orders. You still have your ministry of reconciliation. Work hard to persuade others. Jesus is with you even to the very end of this age. You have a ministry of reconciliation, a ministry of restoration back to what we are supposed to be, which is right relationship with our creator, God in heaven. We are Christ's ambassadors. We are here to tell people, be reconciled to God. You don't have to be separated from God. And I like what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.18. And all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. He brought us back to himself. That means originally we are with God. We are meant to be with God. And we are separated because of our sin. And it's Jesus who brought us back into right relationship with our creator. And now we go on mission We can proclaim that we have a ministry of reconciliation. We have a ministry to bring separated people back to their creator, back to where they belong. We are Christ's ambassadors. He's making his appeal through you. For God made Christ who never sinned to be the offering for our sin so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Today, Take some time before the God of the universe and talk to him about these marching orders. God, I know what you've said. You said to go and make disciples. That marching order is not particularly just for men. That marching order is not particularly just for women. 
That marching order is not just for teenagers or children. It is not for a group of certain people in North America. It is a proclamation for everyone. It is an invitation for everyone to then go and work hard to persuade others. And Jesus promises he'll be with you. 2 Corinthians 5.18 Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. And God gave us the work of bringing everyone into peace with him. I'm going to read that one more time. 2 Corinthians 5.18 Through Christ, God made peace between us and himself. And God gave us the work of bringing everyone into peace with him. Today, you have marching orders. And tomorrow, your marching orders will be exactly the same as they were today. And they'll be exactly the same day after day after day. Bring people into a right relationship with God. You have a ministry. Don't ignore it. Don't deny it. Don't walk away from it. Ask the Holy Spirit to come and to help you. Walk out what God has asked you to do. You stand in your faith today because somebody else was obedient. Whether it was your family, your parents, your church, or someone who reached out to you. It's amazing that this faith, this belief in God has lasted every generation. It hasn't faded or fizzled out. Even in trial, even in persecution, it becomes stronger and more vibrant. This faith, this belief in God, this life as a Christian is real. And it's not meant for us to just keep to ourselves. We are Christ's ambassadors. Today is a day to go and to reconcile someone to their maker, someone to their creator, someone to their God. And it is a gift from God to us and to every person on this planet. Take a look around today. Open your eyes to see those in your world that need to be reconciled, that have been separated from God. Let's pray together. God, I thank you for who you are again. I thank you that you have chosen us. It seems like you could have chosen anyone, but you've chosen us to be your ambassadors, to be a mouthpiece for you. God, I pray that we would pay attention to our marching orders. I pray that we would listen with our whole hearts, with our whole lives, and that, God, we would give our lives that other people could be reconciled to you. Help us to take a cue from Jesus, to act like Jesus in doing this. Jesus gave his whole life that people could be reconciled to you. Help us also to give our very lives that people could be reconciled to you. We are convinced of your love for us. Your love for us is so deep and wide, we can't measure it. We can't even contain it. And so God, I pray that it would overflow out of us. It would spill out of us and that your love would come through to other people, that they would see the love of God through us and that they would be reconciled to you. God, we know people personally that don't know you right now. We know people who are separated from you. And God, our hearts break for them. And God, we ask that you would draw our loved ones by your spirit to yourself. We ask that you would use us in wisdom. You would use us in speaking to people about you. 
Give us boldness and courage. Help us to take our marching orders seriously. We thank you for the examples of people in our lives who have done just that. Help us to do that as well. We're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses of those who have gone before. Help us to be part of the story of God. Help us to be part of your story, God. In Jesus' mighty name, we are thankful and we praise you. Amen.